Welcome to the Unleashed Entertainment Talk Show, Mornings with D and featuring Melissa Kay. Unleashed, uninhibited, unapologetic, on the radio and worldwide. Get your morning fix. Cancel culture has been canceled. 104.3 FM mornings and the daily podcast, UnleashedEntertainmentTalk.com. Stand by for liftoff. This is the final battle. They know it. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. This is it. Either they win or we win. And if they win, we no longer have a country. Our enemies are lunatics and maniacs. They cannot stand that they do not own me. I don't need them. I don't need anything about them. I don't need their money. They cannot steer me. They cannot shake me. And they will never, ever. Cancel culture. They will never, ever break me. Unleashed entertainment talk. Check out the radio show and podcast. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, D. All right, y'all, it is Monday, November 6th, and if you're in Mississippi, one day away from Tuesday, Election Day, on November 7th, tomorrow. So One day away from you poll-watching, D. That's right. We'll be poll-watching. I will be. That's right. Also, can I, you know, if I get far enough away from the polling station, I'm going to be asking some people some exit poll questions. Um, we'll get some. We'll get to some of those as well. All right, y'all, so I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Beautiful weather here in Mississippi. If you're not in Mississippi, I hope you had some good weather like we did. That's right. It was pretty incredible. Although, now many of us are walking around with the sniffles because we had freezing temps. And and then, that's right, back and forth. Back and forth. No consistency. There is consistency in one thing right here, though, at Unleashed Entertainment Talk. We give you the facts each and every morning right here. That's consistent. And if we don't give you the facts, we try to get as close to the freaking facts as we possibly can. That's right. All right. We broadcast live from 104.3 FM WPBP, Pearl, Mississippi. And then we get the podcast uploaded afterwards at UnleashedEntertainmentTalk.com. That's right. Every day, Monday through Friday. If you're going to do the live thing, it is 6.30 to 8.30 a.m. And we're in Facebook right now at Unleashed Entertainment Talk. We also have Unleashed Entertainment Talk group. There's two of them. Unleashed Entertainment Talk is the page. You can chime in on the comments section. Yes, please do. And if you want to get seriously involved, give us a call um, at 601-863-3200. And then you can also text us on the Jitters text line at 769-208-3809. We already have people in the comment section. Chris Martin, good morning. Barrett, good morning. Good morning. Debbie, Chip Matthews, who's running for... District Supervisor in the Gluckstadt, Madison, slash all the way over to almost Yazoo County area. That's right. He wants to four-lane Yandel Road. I say y'all need to get on that and vote for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, Barrett said, when is Rankin County going to fix the rest of 49 to Simpson County? It was terrible driving back from the coast. So. I don't have the answer for that I'm one. not sure it'll be in our lifetime, Barrett. It's been that way forever. I mean, they did fix a lot of it, but it took um, 21 years exactly. or something. But they exactly. did fix a lot of it. But the part you're talking about is coming back. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. But I would call somebody. <laughs> Get on the phone. Email, call. call. the supervisors That's of those right. counties. Ask them what's going on. You can find all that literally on the Mississippi Secretary of State website can find out who your supervisor is, whatever county, etc., so on. 
Um, <laughs> bad is driving in Jackson. I don't know about all I that. I don't know about that. <laughs> because it's, the it's bad, but I'm not sure it's that bad. The Jackson pothole continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly, you can get lost in one of those down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can jump out and do a little scuba. Something. It's little bad. Little scuba. It's bad. All right, D. So let's jump right in. Let's do it. Let's do uh, it. Over the weekend, of course, you know, first of all, again, and every day we're in wartime, so there's yeah, a lot of. Uh, a lot of grief, a lot of sadness, a lot of uh, lives. You know, I don't, I don't care for all that, but it, it is going on right now. This war in Israel is not just about uh, Israel versus Hamas and Iran, blah blah blah. I mean, there's so many, so many working angles going on in that war. But basically, it is against Christians and Jews. I mean, that's that's what it is. Period. Uh, however you want to word it, however you want to fake it, <laughs> however you, in your mind, however you want to word it, it is really about Jews and obviously Christianity. But they're coming after it. They're coming after it wide open. These sick groups, I mean hundreds of thousands all weekend, that's all I saw. What, here in the U.S.? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And around Chanting the world. Chanting F. Joe Biden, again, death to Israel. Death Genocide to... Joe. Genocide Joe, that's his new name. You can add that one to the list of Robert L. Peter Eaters and all the, what, all the rest of them. So, yeah, it's pretty disheartening to see what's happening here. And, and look, you can be in support of um, the innocent Palestinians. I know that Dee and I both are. We don't like to see that. And, and yes, we've you know, people are calling for a humanitarian pause. Um, and we have, Israel has said no way. And, um, I, you know, D, I agree with that. Because if they do that, then it's it's a show of, in my opinion, weakness. They've given ample notice to the Palestinians there in Gaza to get out. And um, I, I just don't know. I mean, you don't get to attack innocent civilians at a... Um, party, music, wh- whatever that was that, that all of these Israelis were at when um, Hamas attacked them on October 7th. You don't get to do that and then not suffer the consequences, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, over the last 20 to 30 years, this has become a 100% Marxist movement. Um, I was watching Ted Cruz talk about that last night. He's got a new book coming out on that subject tomorrow. So... And he's a wise dude, judge, lawyer, constitutionalist. But really, they have embedded the Marxist socialism into our life. It started going real, real hard when Obama, which is now O'Biden, got involved. When Obama, which is now O'Biden, got involved. We're going to talk about some stuff about uh, Obama that just came out over the weekend. We're also going to talk mm-hmm. about some more impeachment chant from the Republican uh, House, of course. And they say they're getting very close. You know, we... Two, list, go right. ahead, I'm sorry. Two uh-huh. dozen subpoenas is what yeah. they're talking. Two dozen subpoenas are coming, you guys. They have which, about 51 which, at this point. I agree, but I'm just going to tell you, they're all going to take the fifth. No one's going to say a thing about what's going on, what's gone on. Right, from a lawyer standpoint, you know that. That's right. Their lawyer is going to instruct them, actually, to take the fifth. That's right. And uh, 
any good lawyer probably would actually angie just commented and said she wants charges we want charges but we also want them jailed especially the ones that literally literally scammed over the people big time and broke of many 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 laws okay now look some people when i'm on twitter slash x or i'm on social media and you have the jim jordans the combers the byron donalds all that talking about this and they say yeah but you guys are not doing anything it ladies and gentlemen it takes a lot <laughs> it takes a lot to go through the proper channels to do anything okay now, over the weekend, Byron Donalds did say, we are getting very, very close to having to having articles of impeachment. So, hopefully, those, those things you get, the closer we get, the better. While I'm on the discussion of Joe Biden, let's talk about a couple of things with him. I've never seen anybody get a check from their brother for $200,000. I do. They've not given me a check for ten dollars. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, you guys? I don't know many brothers or sisters, for that matter, that will just, you know, write you a check for that kind of money. It is awfully suspect. That's what I say. And I like Angie has commented and said the punishment for treason is death. It is, and that's what the that that's it's nothing but treasonous acts that took place. Because, my friends, he sold out our country. And so, to Ukraine, China, I, I'm just telling you, that, that is treason. Um, it's not going to happen, though. It's, you know, yeah, it's, you know. it's, it's not going to happen. It will be real. a lot of screwery. I mean, and, the, you think? and it might not be. <laughs> That's all that has surrounded this administration is screwery. That's, it is. It's for sure. That's what it's going to be. More of the same. And when you have the Democratic Party, the progressive left-wing nuts, and the rest of the crew, the squad literally holding you hostage, pushing their agendas, their propaganda, their insanity, then, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Nothing. Because. Right. Because what? Because that's all they do every day. That's right. Literally. So let's talk about these polls. Now, I don't know. Some, some of you may believe in the polls. Some of you may not. But what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing about Trump and Biden in the polls, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. It really is, actually. It's, uh, you know, it, it dominated the Sunday shows, which was good, on the mainstream TV. They were also basically, listen, the media is selling Joe Biden out now, so... That should tell you something. When they start selling him out, it's like it's time to install another puppet. So the uh, research polls that are out now, even the New York Times was posting this, the Wall Street Journal, I mean, all the big shots. All the big <laughs> all shots. All the heavy hitters have Trump ahead. I think they're dead even in one state, which is Michigan. Um, Mind-blowing that he's plus 11 in Nevada mind-blowing right um so if if this is if if you believe these polls the democrats are in trouble you guys they're in trouble big time bigly bigly hugely this is huge but no nevada's plus 11 pennsylvania's plus five arizona's plus five georgia plus five or six michigan i've seen plus one but on here it says even wisconsin 
is uh, plus two or three. So that's Trump. Trump is up, you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. I will tell you what. CBS also has Trump winning independence, which is Robert F. Kennedy and a couple more by 10. So, you know. It's going to be interesting. It, it, it truly is. And as we've said, look, Biden, Biden's responsible for getting us where we are today. And I, as you've been polling people, D, you know, are you better today or were you better then? And everyone's saying their lives were better when Trump was in office. The economy was better. Gas prices were lower. I mean, the, the wall was being built. The um, we were drilling. We were it just all of these things. People could afford their groceries. Um People could afford their gas. People could just, I, I, their dollars went farther. And that means something. What'd you say to me about this weekend? You were playing music at a pretty popular spot in a, in a little rural area. It's the only thing there, you guys. The food's great. It's always packed, all hallways packed. And I'm talking about limo buses and things out front every single weekend. And, and Dee and his partner make really great tips there. And what'd you say, Dee? Yes, worse than ever. But here's the thing. All of the places are mimicking that same problem we had over the weekend, which is people do not have any extra money because everything, because of the inflation is double, triple, quadruple. Some things are quadrupled, you guys. A candy bar is like three ninety nine. okay? A candy bar. All right. Literally, you get a can of chili at Kroger, and I do mean the old lame BS chili for four ninety nine. It's it's I pretty. Mean, really. I mean, I wonder how much a can of spam is. Billy Allen, I don't know. where are you at? <laughs> Any idea how much a can of spam costs? But it will be it will be doubled at least. Well, true. And look, I you you hear me talk about my store, and we are in a a, a different market than than that which you and I live in up here. But we have had to raise our prices down there. Things like candy bars and chips and and drinks, you know, bottle of water, Powerade, um, sodas. I, everything's gone up. We have to. But I'm not. <laughs> Thank you for that, Billy. Billy says a can of Spam is three nineteen and <laughs> worth every penny. <laughs> Even the kind that has jalapeno and stuff in it. I don't know. Are you cooking dinner tonight, Billy? <laughs> I mean, see, really, Chris though, Martin seriously. says he sees uh, videos. Of all the different people making a stand for Trump, I've yet to see one video of someone standing up for Joe Biden. You know what, Chris? I haven't seen that either, and I think it's because there isn't one. (laughs) At this point, his own team is throwing him out to dry. He is now genocide Joe, okay? Because he's getting it from both sides right now, okay? So I can guarantee you there are a lot of meetings going on now on who they're going to install into yes. the next and we were discussing that you said there's some talk of michelle obama i've heard talk of um old smile for the camera gavin newsom um we'll see at this point it isn't it isn't safe and it isn't smart um for biden to remain um so let's let's find someone else to be that nominee and move forward but the question remains good morning Topher Brown my sweet friend with that beautiful family um, he's saying uh, Joe Biden will never run and now I he'll be 86 then and I don't physically think there's any way he should be running right now much okay. less a year from now that's right um, even Jonathan Carl who is a Trump hater over on ABC on the Sunday morning shows 
But, you know, they always come up with these crazy excuses. Jonathan Carl said, Trump is leading swing states because voters aren't paying attention. Really? <laughs> you go ahead and think we're not paying attention. That's right. It's actually the opposite. We are the ones who have been paying attention. And I submit to you, D, that people are paying closer attention than they have in a long, long time. If not ever. That's right. I guess he hadn't been to the grocery store lately. Really? Or watched the news. Or dealt with the fact that Trump's leading because they can't help but pay attention because of the open borders, because of the obvious inflation, because of the gas prices. But I mean, we can go on here for, what, an hour and a half and still have... Still be able to call a timeout. Speaking of um, open borders, so last week... You know, we saw this this group, this caravan. It was at three thousand people headed for the border in Mexico. They're they're traveling obviously on foot toward the border. That number has now grown. This morning they're reporting seven thousand people headed towards the Mexican United States border. You guys, that's yeah. a problem. That's seven thousand more people. And And most of them are said, not from Mexico. No, no. Venezuela Honduras, Cuba. Literally anywhere, anywhere at this point. That's right. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, Topher saying 2024 will be record-breaking voter turnout. I agree. People are fed up. People are scared, unfortunately. You never – it's it's sad to say that people are fearful. But if you're if you're not paying attention and, and fearful for um, – about where we are headed, there, then there's – you know, you're just not paying attention close enough because we cannot continue on this path. Yep. And as far as the rest of the country goes with the, the, the young kids that are in college or in whatever who've lost their freaking minds taking up for terrorists, Hezbollah, Hamas, they don't get it. Okay, they don't get it. We are not pushing for anybody to die. But what you're doing is taking up for terrorists who will kill you immediately. They will kill anyone who is gay immediately. They will do make you cover your face and kill you if you don't like it if you're a female, okay? That's what you're taking up for. That's and that's right. just a little bit of what you're taking up for. So they're just uneducated and uninformed. And um, I also saw that report, too, that they, they're just jumping on with the cause, but they're not educated about the cause. They just don't understand what Hamas stands for. They don't. They don't. Or Hezbollah. Or any of those terrorist organizations, you guys. Google terror. Google the definition of terrorism. Go see what that means. These people are hate-filled. They are evil. They are oppressive. They, they're not for you. I promise you can absolutely stand up for the rights of innocent men, women, and children without supporting Hamas and Hezbollah and all of these other terrorist organizations that just hate. They hate you. You are here in this country. You are a United States, a United States citizen. But because you are part of the United States, they hate you. They don't care that you're, from, you're a Palestinian American. I promise. You're now an American. You, you attach that word American to the end of it. You're right. Good morning to David Hall in the chat box and Chris Martin. And Gina College students have been taught to hate America. Yes, 
And I'm, I'm back at, like, if you hate us that bad, what are you doing on our college campuses? Go somewhere else and, and spew your hate. Yeah, and if you can, if you do not like America, leave. Get out. Get out. Just go away. All right. So, listen. Here, here's a story. I was going to bring it up later, so it's out of order on our little chart that we go by. But the reason you said Google something, I want to bring something up to you. This is where we are in the world now. When you search pregnancy right now, and I read this walking in. When you search pregnancy on Google right now, the top result for pregnancy is planned parenthood. It's no longer what it used to be. Okay. This is a brand new study from the Media Research Center that finds Google consistently favors Planned Parenthood and abortion over anything to do with actually having a baby. So there you go, y'all. What is the world coming to? I'm not saying everybody's got to be pro-life or not. That's up to you. But with them doing that kind of study, according to the researchers, uh, DuckDuckGo has a neutral result, of course. But while on Google, the top link produced was to a page on Planned Parenthood. Okay. This was confirmed Friday by the Daily Wire and by so many others. Okay. that Y'all, that's not right. Melissa's not right. It's not right. It isn't right. But I And, and I apologize for doing this with you, but... I mean, having owned a business that two businesses actually that that we depended on Google, um, a lot of that that top hit situation and has to do with algorithms and reviews and things of that nature. Um, you're sitting here saying money. We never oh, paid yeah. any money for that. It was all based on reviews. And so if you have and, and those reviews, by the way, never go away. So I don't know how much of that is this or it's. It's what you're saying. Maybe someone is paying for that that top spot. So what he's saying is if you type pregnancy into Google, the first thing, which it's proven, the first, the top, the top thing that comes up, the top site is what the majority of people will click on. OK, and it, it's like, um, I don't know, it's paper clicks and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. but I say paper, but it's not it isn't actual money or it wasn't that wasn't my experience with my business we didn't pay it was all based on reviews so i don't know how this happened you could be correct about that well they did a huge study on it and the reason and you know yes i know just from because i do marketing for this show and a lot of bands and etc you can obviously pay your way up to the top if you got millions of dollars which these donors for that do have millions of dollars I'm not going to stay on that story. I just thought that that was interesting. It is another way, another freaking way that they're getting y'all, okay? And they're getting the American people. And uh, it's just sad to me. It is real sad that what the world is coming to, the entire world, too, it's not just the United States. The article made no mention at all of the 96% of women the 96% of women who regretted having an abortion. I'm leaving it there. You know, you want to leave it there, but I don't want to leave it there. I want to talk about that some more because, yes, organizations like Planned Parenthood and, and the Democrats in general, they're all about 
pro-choice, this, that, and the other. And they don't talk about the mental health of the mother. And some, in many cases, maybe e- even the father. They don't talk about the mental health effects of that decision long term. They don't. Why isn't someone talking about that? Because yeah, they don't want to talk about that because they know the real the real answer to that is what I just said. That's right. What was it? Ninety six percent. You yeah, said they feel bad or yeah. either they're very disappointed they, in their life. They feel some sort different. of regret ha- having made that decision. And so they need to talk about that more. It's my opinion. But yeah, they really do. I mean, they, they honestly do. And. But we've said there's a mental health crisis in this country, and it's one that our government, are, they feed it. They Exploitation. Feed it. They exploit it. They feed it. They don't want to help it. They don't. They, they don't want to fix it. They know that these mentally ill people will get on board with their insanity, too. They know they will get on the pronoun train. They know they will get involved with the, just like we were talking about, with the Planned Parenthood. They also know that they will continue to jump on board with any issue where they can scream and yell because they're just not right. These people need to be getting educated and getting help instead of being exploited. That's all there is to that, period. Over the weekend, another person in the same city as we talked about a few months ago, the police officer walked up to her in the UN. This is in the UN, not over here and said, you're standing in front of the abortion clinic. Are you praying right now? She said, I am. He said, you're arrested for praying. That's right. And she said, but I didn't say it out loud. He goes, thinking about it is still breaking the law. Listen to that, you guys. Can you imagine? That's, that's, that, that's, we're being arrested because we are praying to ourselves in silence. Come on. Insanity. Insanity. 104.3 FM and UnleashedEntertainmentTalk.com. We're back on this Monday, November 6th. One yes. more day to Election Day in Mississippi for quite a few quite a few offices, including the Governor. governor's race. That's right. That's right. It's a tight one, too. It is. I mean, look, this is an opinion show, so um, I can say whatever I want on this show. But, you know, if you vote for Brandon Presley, you're voting for Joe Biden's policies. You're voting for Benny Thompson's policies. And you're voting for... The paid-off DA prosecutors, and that's already going on in Hines County, you guys, but it will be going on in the rest of the state. Okay, Tate Reeves is not about those values. He's also not about what we were just talking about. He's not about the Planned Parenthood, okay? Mississippi stood strong on that, real strong. Also was the first governor in, what, three decades or longer. They got the teachers a raise. Okay, the teachers, that's unheard of, okay, to get them a $6,100 raise. Unheard of. So, if you want to vote for Ric Flair, wow, and the uh, the Brandon <laughs> Presley, because they got him and his wife, you know, they, they posted up a pic of their private jet, okay, private jet on Instagram, and then they immediately... That's real del- green. And they immediately deleted it because Clay Edwards went completely off on them. I bet he did. And good for him. Rightfully so. And, uh, but then, of course, they deleted that picture, 
But then one of Clay's people found it and posted it again. The private jet that's being paid for by where? California, Massachusetts, D.C., Washington State. Why are they paying and putting all this money into a guy who claims to be Elvis's distant cousin with a, with a box of chicken? Why are they <laughs> claiming this old boy from Nettleton? Why are they paying all this money to get him in? I'll tell you why. Because they know he can be bought off. As he was bought off during his other position for solar panel scam, okay? And like Tate Reeves said, three other people, three other people who did that are already in jail. But Brandon's not in jail. So, listen, I don't care if you're mad at Tate. You know, I was mad at him too. Melissa was mad at him. But now it's come down to this. Do we want our state to become the newest because honestly, y'all, it's a lot more purple than you realize, I promise you. Do you want it to come to that, or do you want to keep the sanity around, which is what we need, is to keep the sanity? No, uh, I mean, it, it's not even sanity. There are so many people and, and states that are just, and even D.C., that are absolutely morally bankrupt. So do you want to make the moral choice? That's that's what it comes down to, you know. I believe we have a caller. Yeah, we do. Our call-in line here, by the way, is uh, 601-863-3200. All right, we got Chandra. Good morning. You there with us, Chandra? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Doing well on this, this Monday morning. What you got? Thank you for calling in. Well, I just wanted to, you're welcome. I just wanted to uh, touch base on the uh, abortion issue. Um, just give y'all a little snippet of my issue with that. Um, my story, and I'll give the, the very short version of it. Uh, I was 16, got pregnant. And, uh, of course my first thought was I can't raise a baby. I'm going to have an abortion. But, um, after thinking long and hard about it, um, I am praying about it. I decided to give my baby up for adoption and, that was probably the best decision I've ever made in my life. It was the hardest decision I've ever made. Um, nobody pushed me to it. Nobody made me do it. Um, I decided that on my own. Um, and like you said, Melissa, uh, the even with me giving the baby up, there was a lot of emotional ramifications with that. And you know, Absolutely. I probably should have gotten a lot of a lot of counseling for that. Um, but I didn't. I mean, I worked through it on my own. But, um, you know, that's, that that was a very, very hard decision for me to make. But it was the best decision. And, and now all these years later, I mean, I've reconnected with her and her family. Her parents are wonderful. Uh, I was actually in her wedding a couple of years ago. Um, she is a mini version of me. <laughs> Which should probably scare all of you to death. <laughs> I was gonna say, I didn't realize the world was was big enough for two of you. But look, uh, well, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Do did someone talk to you? Did someone? Obviously, someone told you there was another way. You know, there's another route, and oh, I don't think that absolutely. people. I, I I don't know, but in in that setting, is someone talking to you about what what could potentially be harmful to you? Um, emotionally and psychologically down the line. And you have this piece 
because you knew, A, that she was going to a good home, and you now know she's been very well cared for. You have a relationship, as you stated, with she and her parents, her adopted parents. I just don't think that there are people in place at Planned Parenthood that are talking about adoption. They're not talking about options other than ending the life. Um, well, right. And, 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 and what that say, looks like down the road. Right. You know, my, my parents were very instrumental in my life back then. I mean, they they were, they didn't get along, um, you know, because they had gotten divorced and stuff, but they came together for me, to talk to me and to make a decision with me, not for me, but with me, to help me make the decision that I made. And we went through um, a law firm. Actually, this was before, of course, I was, you know, with your dad, but I think that was another um piece of my life, um, but we, we went through a um, law firm that specializes only in adoptions, um, and they were amazing, and um, they, they gave me all the information that I needed. They didn't push me one way or the other, um, but they explained the process and explained everything, how they did everything, and it was one of the best experiences of my life for that. I mean, it was very traumatic. And I'm not saying that it was an easy decision, but I knew that going the opposite direction was going to be even worse on me, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that, you know. I, I, I knew, mean, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go no, ahead. I was just, just going to say I, I knew that what I did was best for me, for my family, for my life, for the birth father, um, and for that little girl. Um, and I, I gave a family, a family. That's right. And and people don't talk about that. There's so many couples that have trouble conceiving and, and adoption were it not for people like you, Chandra, that, um, you know, made the decision that you made, they wouldn't be able to have families. So I, I don't know. We, we can go, we can stay on this issue for right. days. Um, and I don't care what side of this issue you, you stand on. Um, there are always two sides. Um, and just know just, that you can always, you can always, because I have many, many friends who went through what Chandra went through. There is always an option to keep alive a life, L-I-F-E, instead of destroying a life. That's right. You can keep a life. There's always options to put a baby up or whatever it is, adoption, or maybe grandparents adopting. I was adopted by my grandparents so yes, there's always right. an option that's right always but um just to take it back around and and tover's even saying as as i said earlier no one ever speaks of that emotional mental toll that it takes because it does it may not affect these young women and even these young fathers at today but it will most certainly rear its head at some point and i have well, a lot of I'm, friends that went through that too and then right. later in life they are just emotionally destroyed that's right and and i'm not saying that giving up a baby for adoption is not an emotional toll because it is of course it is. sure sure and and i want people to understand that that i'm not saying oh i gave my baby up for adoption and it was wonderful and and i was you know just floating on air the whole time because i wasn't i went through a lot of emotion but you didn't kill a human being. That's right. You didn't kill a human being. I, I didn't. I, now, there were a lot of people that I would, <laughs> let's just not go there. <laughs> but, but I will say that, you know, I, I personally chose not to get any kind of 
counseling. I chose that. Should I, should I have gotten counseling? Of course I should have. Right. But I was, of course, stubborn, and I thought, oh, I can deal with this by myself. And I have, over the years, gotten through that. But Yeah, well, good for I, you. And your well, testimony. I, your testimony. That's a great testimony. We have viewers yeah. on, on Facebook saying that. Dee and I are saying that. We appreciate you sharing that with us, Chandra. Yeah, thanks well, so much. Just, just know that I love y'all, and, and we please, love you. kids, get counseling <laughs> right. there you, go. you have a great day chandra thank you for calling in you're always brave to call in that's right anybody uh, can <laughs> 601 look, next time I, next time time i'm in town I'll, I'll come see y'all again do it we do appreciate it. you we thank love you chandra all right so that was chandra she's a great person and uh thanks so much for calling in it was a great testimony and everybody's saying that but you know look a lot of people have a lot of different stories that's right and and it's very important to just know, just know, there are so many church organizations, there's so many therapists, there's so many people that are willing to help you not kill a baby. I mean, I hate to be so blunt, but no, there are. I mean, there, there, there are, are and, and you're just telling it like it is, period. You know. Speaking of telling it like it is, they hate America, you guys. The destruction and the downright, I mean, I don't know what word to use that happened over the weekend in, on the White House grounds. Oh, my goodness. On the White House grounds. Defaced the, the fence and, and red spray paint. Come I on. Mean, and they have not. They arrested one person out of those 100,000 or whatever. Listen to this. White House gates have been vandalized. The streets are strewn with trash. But the biggest insult is here in Lafayette Park with General Lafayette. The Palestinian flag was raised and it still remains. And they have this free Palestinian sting in the graffiti. They have it here. Um, General Lafayette and his compatriots, free Palestine, they have raised the Palestinian flag on the grounds of the White House at Lafayette Park and walk around with me. Look at this. I have, I've never been so outraged. They've raised the Palestinian flag and more graffiti. More graffiti. Look at this. Free Palestine. You see this? Free Palestine. And look at this sign. Look at this sign. Americans are America. outraged, you guys. And and the sad thing is that these are Americans doing this. I know. I know. I'm or they call themselves Americans. It's that division, D. It's that division. And um, we are so divided right now. Yeah, over the weekend, y'all, this is tough to watch. Uh, I was watching Genocide Joe. They were doing all the red blood spray paint. They were doing all the... look. Again, we talk about it all the time, this demonstration, which attracted attendees from across the whole entire nation, y'all. There's, there's so much hatred for different, different, whatever, different groups of people, okay? President Biden was not in the White House during the demonstration. He spent the night at his, of course, vacation home in Delaware. Paid for a $3 million beach house in, yeah. in Delaware, cash cash three million dollars in cash but Woo! the chant which appeared to be a call for a ceasefire by israel is a reference to the arab Rizli arab israel war of 1948 when israel's five uh, neighbors attacked the newly formed country with the goal of destruction now again melissa and i talked about it earlier you got these young kids 
they might have a grip on jumping on TikTok and screaming, but they don't know what they're screaming about because they haven't read the history that's behind all of this. So that's the other sad part. And again, you and I will always stand up for innocent humans, innocent human lives. That's not this. Okay. It's not about that, you guys, even though Kamala Cackling is stepdaughter has invested eight million million you guys eight million dollars in well basically she's invested into the hamas hezbollah and the iran proxy groups because that's who's running all this but she has invested eight million dollars in this this stand up against israel against israel which again is standing up against Christianity and the Jews. Which again also goes against the word. Now look, Topher Brown, here he is. I love it when he's on. Um, a five second Google search will tell you that not only does Palestine slash Hamas not want your support, I'm gonna say that again, not only do they not want your support, but they in fact hate you and everything you stand for as an American. Right, we talked about it earlier. They yes. can't stand you. They can't stand women, okay? Women out there, and the women are the ones screaming so loud. They don't like you. So why are these people supporting that? And I'm just going to say, it's ignorance. It's ignorance. Exactly. (laughs) Jeff Murrah joined the party, people. Good morning, Jeff. (laughs) Got to see him Friday night. He's doing well. Yes. Me too. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm glad he's doing good. So um, the New York City Council funneled $9 million in taxpayer dollars to anti-Israel groups that sponsored massive protests. New York City Council. New York City City Council. Sanctuary State. Sanctuary City. $9 million in your dollars yep. to anti-Israel groups that sponsored massive protests. Let me tell you all something. I, I want to know because I, I don't know, but... Do, do we even know the percentage of Jewish people that live in New York City? It's great. Um, so their city council, um, yeah, $9 million in support of this mess, Crazy. this hate, this Crazy. hate. Hey, shoot us a text on the jitters on the res text line 769-208-3809. Have you tried jitters? Are you familiar with a loaded tea? Do you know all the benefits, the energy, the focus, the mental alertness? No sugar. It's 1149 Old Fannin Road, Suite 12, Brandon, Mississippi. The jitters on the res text line 769-208-3809. Also, we have the podcast available after the show at Unleashed. EntertainmentTalk.com. Welcome back. It is Monday morning. November 6th. We're doing it to it bright and early this morning. We are. And you know what? Tomorrow is Election Day, November 7th, Tuesday in Mississippi. And the governor race is up for sure, but there's all kind of other races. Chip Matthews over in Madison County is stirring up the pot. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. Always. Chip is a pot stirrer. We like it. And I live over near the Shuckers, Pelican Cove, and the Ridgeland area. Um, 
Emil Wilson is running for that little district over there. And the lady that's running against him has been in there for a long time. And she was a Democrat. And now all of a sudden she changed to an independent so she could try to hold on to some Republican voters. When, and when people do that, I don't I don't trust them anymore. Mm, I, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't if you're either. going to be in a party and then you switch parties, something's up. Yep, I agree. So let's go back to what we were talking about before, Dee, if you don't mind. So because I did some research on the break. So New York City City, City Council funneled $9 million in taxpayer dollars to anti-Israel groups that sponsored massive protest. You guys, there are 8.5 million people in New York City. And of those 8.5 million, 1.6 million of them are Jewish. Okay. So as Topher Brown stated on our feed, he says, I think every Jewish person should move out of New York City. Let's see what happens to their economy then. I agree. We're talking about business owners. We're talking about taxpayers. We're talking about people that spend money and dump money into that economy because they have been successful in business and can afford to um, spend money and pour back into their economy. Get out of there. Clearly, you're hated. Your own city council has given millions in support millions in support of anti-Israel protests. That's insanity. Tax-funded lawlessness. That's right. Literally. It's 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 everywhere, you guys. Honestly, but um, yeah, 1.6 million of those people are Jewish residents, and yet in they New and York yet City. they yet they complain that they have no funds and no room for the thousands of illegal immigrants that they're supposed to welcome into their quote sanctuary city. <laughs> they're rethinking that one. All of those states are in those cities. Where does the money come from, y'all? Where does it come from? It comes from big donors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did the FBI send out any of their agents for that crowd over the weekend? Negative. <laughs> of course they didn't. We need to go into the White House. Or is that only reserved for Trump supporters? <laughs> right. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but really. I'm looking at pictures of Washington, D.C. for that march. It stretches as far as the eye can see. Okay? This is not Egypt. This is not Lebanon. This is D.C., y'all. Mm-mm-mm. Literally. Mm-mm-mm. And then you have the Fruit Loops, the progressive left wing nuts, the Dimbocrats, the Dumbocrats, and all my other little secret names. Stacey Abrams, which she was an election denier, says that Americans think Kamala Harris is incompetent because of racism. When are they going to stop playing this card? Never? Yeah, you're right. You're right, never. But I will tell you this. Black Americans are waking up to the insane Democrat Party who has been screwing them over for decade after decade after decade, okay? Decade after decade after decade. Screwing them over. So, you know what? I I, I don't know what else to say regarding that, with the exception of when you vote for the progressive left-wing nut agenda, be prepared to 
pay for what you voted for because that's what's going to happen, y'all. You pay for what you get. It is one of the oldest sayings in the entire world. You know, your grandparents said it. You pay for what you get. Well, these Democrats are paying. They're literally paying, and they're paying for what they're getting right now. Okay, they have paid in the past for all these big donors. I mean, these donors, the George Soros, uh, all of that crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on on that insanity. Um, Debbie, if for that link where the gentleman was um, upset about the monument and, and all of that and the, the Palestinian flag there being raised. So I've posted that in the comments for you. So you can see that we're going to have an in-studio guest here joining us. We're just in the process of going and finding him and letting him in. So I don't know, like I said, where I think that if you are a listener of this show, then we, we pretty much know where you stand on all of this. You guys, it's, it's sad to me. It's very scary. Um, We've said it before. I don't recognize our country, our beautiful, beautiful country. Um, we're going to have to just stand up as we have been and continue to do that and continue to have these conversations around our dinner tables, continue to have these conversations with our neighbors. Um, it's important. It's it's a thing. The, the hate, the hate is something that I cannot get over because I'm not a hateful, mean person. And so I literally have never understood it my entire life. I don't get it. And this is something that, again, we, D and I, are, we support innocent men, women, and children, innocent lives, period. This is a war, and unfortunately, sometimes um, people... Innocent people, innocent lives are lost, and, and we don't like that. But am I in support of a, a, a humanitarian pause? No. It's a show of weakness, in my opinion. Um, absolutely not. So anyway, that said, that's where we are. Y'all know MK doesn't like hate. We don't do mean. Um, it is what it is. But we do common sense. We do common sense, all right, Melissa? We have to try to do common sense, because if we don't, we don't do common sense, you know. I agree. Topher said media such as media. I'm sorry. <laughs> media such as this needs to become mainstream. Get this out to everyone you know. Okay. Yeah, you're loud and clear over here, Melissa. And not in this one ear that I have that functions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. It's okay. There I am now. So, Lloyd Travis, it's amazing how so many people are truly uninformed, but yet they think they know about know what they're talking about. Lloyd, I agree. It's 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 insane to me. Um, but you know, my daddy did always teach me that even if you don't know what you're talking about, trying to make it sound like you do, um, but to spew lies and and really to just speak on things that that I really have no knowledge of, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna do it, and I'm certainly not gonna go raise flags and protest and and when I don't know what in the world these people. They don't know about Hamas, as you said, D. I'm, I'm not going to do that. If I'm going to do something, I'm truly going to try to educate myself, okay, <laughs> before I do it. That's, that's it. Right. But unfortunately, a lot of these kids, like we talked about earlier, they don't even know what they're raising cane about. They they're just know ignorant. they're 
screaming. That's right. Debbie says, God is love and I'm on God's side. Amen, sister. I'm going to tell you something, as am I. And that's what I'm saying. I don't understand the hate because I was raised to love like Jesus. And that's what I try to do. So I don't get the hate. I don't. I understand that completely. We have a special guest today with us in the studio. Because like we've been talking about for a while, tomorrow is... Election Day. Election Day in Mississippi for quite a few things, which is Tuesday, November 7th, because today is Monday, fun day. So, uh, and it's my district, too, so it means quite a bit to me because of where I live, obviously. And uh, so we have Emil Wilson running for the obvious Republican Party, Conservative Party. Good morning, Emil. Good morning, friends. How are y'all? Doing well. Doing well. There, there we go. go. There we're we gonna go. we're gonna take we a moment it. and just get situated in here. How about that? We got it That'll situated. Work. So anyway, we have a Mill Wilson with us this morning. Again, he's running on the ticket, and uh, we're gonna discuss his district, his area, who he's running against, what he's up against, and we're gonna talk about all of you people. Please get out and vote because that's what it's gonna take. As you already know, we've talked about getting out and voting for Tate Reeves unless you're looking for the Joe Brandon administration coming in as governor, which we don't want that in Mississippi. So and I know most of our listeners don't want that. So good morning, Emil. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are y'all? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting up early and joining us. Man, I, I have a toddler, so there is no getting up early. There is just <laughs> There's getting just, up. That's right. That's right. So tell us a little bit about your position and where you're at as far as what part of the state, A, and then B, we'll talk about the other stuff after that. Awesome. So I'm Emil Wilson. I live right by the Whole Foods in Jackson. And this district, it's it's pretty unusual. It stretches from Fondren all the way through northeast Jackson, snakes around the reservoir. I have three country clubs in the district, the Jackson Country Club, River Hills Country Club, and uh, the Yacht Club. Right. And so it is, uh, it crosses Jackson, Ridgeland, and Madison. So three municipalities, um, a whole lot of neighborhoods. And it's, I would say, it's one of the most interesting swing districts in the, in the state. It's gone Republican, it's gone Democrat. It'll split the ticket right. and go Republican in some places and Democrat in others. So it is very much a swing district for, for the legislature for everything right and i so i personally live in ridgeland so i'm, I'm actually in your district nice. so that's what actually got me involved with taking a hard look at it because the person that you're running against started out as a democrat and then flipped over to an independent which i find that you know well the Believe me, this is an opinion yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. This is a conservative show, so this is an opinion show. So we, you know. Yeah. Four, four years ago, she ran to be the savior of the left. She said, I want to break the Republican supermajority. She signed a pledge that she would expand abortion. She signed a pledge that she would expand welfare access. And I, I think we need to expand job access, not welfare access. And then had a falling out with Democrat leadership and said, my policies aren't changing. I'm just leaving the Democrat Party. My values aren't changing. I'm just just the letter behind my name. And uh, coincidentally, it happened right after redistricting when the district became a little more Republican. Yeah, That's of course great. it did. Of course, yes. <laughs> very. That's what we said before. Very convenient. You 
So, yeah. it uh, And, you know, this campaign, so much of, of what I've been talking about is ideas, new new ideas to move Jackson forward, to move the metro area forward, and ideally to help the whole state, because the legislature may represent individual districts, but we're working for the good of the entire state. And when the entire state succeeds, every legislative district should succeed. I agree. And and my my campaign has focused a lot on ideas and what we want to do when we get in. And my opponents has focused a lot on her being the smartest person in the room who knows better than either party and can can stand on the outside and critique both. Uh, and I'm sorry, this is a team sport. Mm. Pick your team and collaborate. Work with each other. Don't just stand on the sidelines and and right. say a plague on both your houses. That's right. Can I say to you that I've always felt that the smartest person in the room is the person that realizes that they don't know everything. They are um, able to hear both sides and sort through it I, I just I don't I don't think I don't do arrogance I don't think that it gets any of us anywhere it's not good for you it's not good for the voters it's not good for the citizens of the state so I, I don't like that so I just want to read a comment real quick so in other words she's too progressive for the progressive seems like a bit of a red flag to me <laughs> that's a very good friend of the show also has been a guest on the show so yes Topher I think that's what what we're, we're hearing oh, and and <laughs> You know, in the end, we need people that are building bridges. We need people that are coordinating different groups, quite frankly, especially in this district, different groups that do not like like each other. Right. Uh, the, the city council can't often get along with themselves, let alone getting Correct. along with the, with the state. You've got Ridgeland. You've got Madison. You've got Jackson. These are areas that have very different needs, very yeah. different very populations, different. very different leadership. And- You've got to have somebody in there that is is used to building bridges. Agreed. And that's what I that's what I do. That's what you do. <sighs> so, Emil, for our listeners that are not familiar with your ideas and, sure. and have not um, been exposed to your campaign and those ideas, could you please share some of those ideas sure. with us? Sure. So, a lot of it focuses on issues regarding. Uh, specific things that are impacting this district. So first off, the Supreme Court made a, shall we say, clerical error in regards with the Mississippi legislature and made it where you cannot get title insurance for the uh, state-owned property. Now, this sounds like it's getting in the weeds, but it's not. It is the reason that dilapidated homes are not being torn down. Mike Cheney and I had a great conversation about it uh, about two weeks ago, and and it sounds like it's getting in the weeds when you first start, but it's it's that kind of policy issue that is leaving these burned out, crappy houses that are destroying our neighborhoods. Let's fix that in the Mississippi Code. Let's make it where we can tear down these houses. Now, we're talking a ton about law enforcement. Law enforcement needs our support, and we need to be rethinking yes. how we're doing it. Yeah, the first off, Amen. there's a high turnover rate among police. I'm introducing a GI bill for our cops. You serve four years full time in the police service, two years as a reserve deputy. Your in-state college tuition is covered. Pay off your student loans with with four years full time, two years in the reserves. That right there, you'll have a six year commitment from a police officer. 
it, it works for the military. It works wonders for the military for recruitment. We get True. we get better trained, better educated law enforcement. Right. They get a benefit. And then on top of that, we'll give you a boost if you agree to and major in elementary education, child psychology, something like that, and become a school resource officer. Because our schools is where that that's where so many people start to have the turning point in their life. I agree. And yeah, you know, I'll relay the anecdote, and I didn't. I've never researched if this is actually true, but it's what was reported at the time. So we'll play it like it is. Um, when we had that string of carjackings in Bellhaven that everybody was noticing, where they finally caught the kid, and he said, "Look." I have terminal cancer. I'll be dead before you guys can do anything. Uh, again, I don't know whether that was true or not. That was the initial report that came out, and I and follow the story. But it, it shows you a school resource officer, somebody plugged in in the community who knew those kids, knew those neighborhoods, knew those families, and was a connection to law enforcement where law enforcement was accountable to the community and the community was accountable to law enforcement. That's the kind of instance where somebody could see, flag a kid, this kid's going in the wrong direction. Right. And you either solve the crime quicker or you intervene before crimes happen. School resource officers, I think, are the Next biggest step we can take to make a better law enforcement community for Mississippi. And Definitely. Listen, Emil, we have a um, law enforcement officer that's a very good friend of the show. JPD works for JPD. Awesome. Um, he says that is awesome. Um, he's he's a fan of of that idea. Yeah, listen, <laughs> talk to law enforcement. They don't make enough. To to no. justify putting their lives on the line like they do, We've especially not in Jackson. Absolutely right. not. And and if you come in and commit to Jackson, you walk out with your college loans paid for. That's amazing. It is amazing. It truly is. Uh, Topher Brown said, "Call it the Leo Bill." Like <laughs> That's right. Enforcement officer well, bill. And you know there there are so many things that are big ideas like that, but also that are small ideas that are just fixing problems. Mississippi is one of only two states that do not provide civil service civil protections for our military when they are called up on state duties. We're one of only two states. So if you're activated in the National Guard on a state duty call, well, you don't have any of the protections that you do on a federal duty call or in 48 other states. Wow. We need to fix that. Mississippi's a pro a, a, a pro-military state. Right. Just nobody was paying attention. And at, at one of my first events, I have a lot of friends in the JAG Corps, and one of them came up and said, I need somebody to champion this bill. And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. I did not even know that. Good we have a military either. guy that was in here earlier. He may still be in our... And when we say in here, we, we have a couple of chat boxes or comment sections. We also get a lot of text messages and y'all go ahead and text at 769-208-3809 if you have any questions the text line is sponsored by jitters on the res that's jitters with a z uh get yourself a loaded tee but so our, our military man's commenting right now and he says it's exactly you're exactly right so um he is here my question is why is mississippi that you said someone just missed it right they just they just weren't thinking right. <laughs> well, I mean, some of this is what are you focused on? Right. You know, you 
talk about uh, just a few minutes ago not being the smartest person in the room, surrounding yourself with smart people. I I lived and worked in D.C. for a little while. I was never in the military, but I've run around with that community. And I, I'm not here to decide what's best for the military, but I'm talking to my military friends. There are a lot of subjects that I am an expert on. I've devoted my life to working on them. I've studied them. But there is a lot that I don't. And I think one of the problems is that our legislature does not have as broad an experience as people often think they do. And you get people with narrow experiences, narrow focuses, and all of a sudden, a lot things of stuff just is fall forgotten through the cracks. About, right? Absolutely. And you know, I loved the summation on one of the bills. They passed it, and then somebody raised a point of order and said, wait a minute, didn't did we just ban the Bible? And the response was, oh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess we did. Uh, sorry, we'll fix it in conference. And that's not a criticism of any of those individual legislators. That's the fact that they are doing so many bills every session. You, you There isn't enough time to read them. And I, that's things what get overlooked. Things get overlooked. Right. Things fall through the cracks. So, Emil, we have someone um, that has asked a question. So, um, related to your school resource officer, okay, they're saying they're going to play devil's advocate, but what would an annual salary be for a school resource officer? 20 to 25K a year? How is that a livable wage? How much is a four year college education, and who is going to pay for that? He said, I just put two through college, and it's at least 100K each. So, there are a couple of misnomers. With that, a school resource officer is uh, going to be paid commiserate to the rest of law enforcement. So JPD makes a different salary than Madison, than Brandon, than Pearl. And I have no idea what those salaries are in every single municipality. Right. Um, So it it would be municipal driven. Um, The second, yes, college is expensive. Who is going to pay for it? Well, let's talk about the fact that right now we already have pathways to free college education for most state employees. Most state and city employees get uh, have opportunities for their at least their their classes to be underwritten. Now, we can debate and discuss things like uh, uh, living expenses that can go astronomical, but tuition at JSU is not that expensive. Tuition at Ole Miss, Mississippi State, comparatively speaking, in-state college tuition is not that expensive. What gets expensive is room and board and things like that. Uh, in fact, I had I was faculty at JSU at one point, and I, I, I loved teaching there. I taught there. I taught at Millsaps, and I sat in on a class just see what other teachers were doing, learn a little bit more. And uh, one of the teachers, the the teacher came up to me and said, just so you know, no one in this class is actually paying for their degree. Everyone here is on a city, county, state sponsored program. Program. Wow. And so that uh, you need to know that before going into this, because it impacts how we teach, it impacts everything. And so who's going to pay for it? Quite frankly, we're not talking about a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a a 
relatively small number of people that are going to be taking classes that are taught anyway. And on top of that, it's actually cheaper for a municipality if the uh, to cover the college tuition costs rather than to cover the costs of retraining cops. We've been talking about this in Jackson for almost a decade. We ran the numbers and the expense of training a cop and having them leave after a year or two years was more than the cost of the college tuition. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not the question of who's going to pay for it. We are paying for it right now. We are paying for it right now through cops getting the training and then leaving. Right. I agree with that part. Um, taxpayers, we're paying for a lot of stuff right now. Let me ask you your your thoughts on um, the current situation on the governor. Of course, you're a Republican, so do you, I mean, I'm pretty impressed that Tate Reeves was able to get the teachers the largest pay raise, and I don't know when. Um, but on his other issues, um, and quote Brandon Presley, how— Honestly, do you think Brandon Presley is going to do tomorrow? So, I mean, I think Brandon will do better than the rest of the Democratic ticket for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the I've known I've known Tate Reeves for a long time. I was his deputy manager in 2003 when he ran for treasurer and won. Wow. Um, and so I've I've known him and worked with him for a long time. The Tate is an expert tactician. He knows how to campaign. He knows what he needs to do to get over the finish line. And he's doing it. Yeah. He, is, he has get out the vote efforts that are going to put him over the line. I know Brandon Presley has a lot of money. I know there's a lot of support. Um, first off, for the Democrat get out the vote apparatus to have worked to overthrow the governor, they would have had to have had this money eight weeks ago to start the voter registration drives at apartment complexes and different places where you have those new voters that then can be brought in to vote. So I I think the Brandon Presley money is a little too little too late. I also think that the the geographic divide between the Gulf Coast and North Mississippi is going to come into play more than people think. Right. And the Gulf Coast is just not going to come out for a North Mississippi guy. We've seen this in in We've seen it happen, right. We've seen this happen. Like there's a there's a rivalry between the North and the South, and and Brandon Presley's not going to be able to overcome that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, so, speaking of that, we're going to move on. We had some questions. You know, we've had questions obviously all week regarding the Tate Reeves campaign and all, and. Um, Lane Morrison, Super Lane, is a cop. He was also talking about really, really, really liking what you're saying on that. Uh, but I had a question regarding, um, regarding since you're obviously where I live. <laughs> now, a lot of people don't realize this listening, but I do realize it. But you're talking about the broken down houses that are an eyesore. Not only are they an eyesore, but there are a, they're a squatting spot for crimp crime. That's what they are. Absolutely. And they and diminish the property value they, of those homes around them. But there's that in Ridgeland also. 
I was just making oh, yeah. sure that I wanted everybody out there to know that's not just a Jackson thing anymore. No. Okay. No, you're right. It's not. Yeah. It's it's in Fondren. It's in Ridgeland. Right. I'm thinking about if you go oh. like over toward the Wheatley mm-hmm. area, right. all of Absolutely. that over there. Jackson, when you look at the the decline in population, Jackson has empty houses. Mm-hmm. The geogra- the geographic footprint of Jackson is far too large to sustain the population that we currently have. Which means we need to be recruiting people to move back to Jackson and creating a, a, a living environment where they want to move back to Jackson. But we also need to be clearing that land because, I mean, look, I've, I've owned rental property in South Jackson, and there are areas that are just wastelands not because of the people that are stuck living there, but because of the abandoned properties that are half burned out or, you know, entirely burned out. Mm-hmm. They're overgrown with weeds. Mm-hmm. They are just they're disasters. They are disasters in and of themselves, and they are disasters for the community around them. Jackson can do better. Ridgeland can do better. So many communities around the state can do better. But we got to fix the title insurance issue, and we got to start clearing that land. Yeah, explain that title insurance. Oh, and it basically it gets into the weeds. But if you buy, I mean, a, I mean just a general outlook. Sure. So if you buy a property with mortgage, you're going to be required to get title insurance. Right. And the state made some adjustments to inheritance law that, in its wake, made it where you cannot get title insurance on properties owned by the state that are purchased by by individuals. So now I can't go and buy a property that's dilapidated from the state, get a mortgage, fix it up, because I can't get title insurance on it. Gotcha. And and so these properties are just sitting there, empty and falling apart. What What are your thoughts on, and I know this is a big issue everywhere, not just here, it's a national issue, but locally... What do you thought? What are your thoughts? Because you had mentioned earlier that you were a professor and that you taught classes, et cetera, so on and so on. What in the world is going on with the propaganda and the craziness and the gender identity politics that's this being played out in the school system? Well, we, if you're talking about higher education, right? Higher education has become just a. a closed off community. And I think anytime you get a closed off community, even a closed off community I agree with, you start to eat yourself. Mm. And you see this with the, with the Mississippi Republican Party gets stuck in this where it's the I'm more conservative than you and all of a sudden we're eating our own. Well, colleges and universities have closed themselves off. You know how you get to be a college professor? You get a Ph.D. You know how you get a Ph.D.? You get other people with Ph.D.s to sign off on you getting a Ph.D. And so the self-perpetuating community that then with student loans has been able to become this source of special wealth and special connection to government where there were – so many faculty who were struggling, starting salary at JSU with a doctorate, they were advertising positions starting at 43000 a year. With 40, a doctorate. With a doctorate. <laughs> wow. And meanwhile, 
you have visiting lecturers and visiting professors that are making six figures. And that's not just JC, that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Warren is a great example that she was teaching one class and making 400 and some odd thousand dollars a year. Meanwhile, Harvard was advertising faculty jobs at 70,000. Insanity. And 70,000 in uh, at Harvard where the cost of living is astronomical. So you, you have created this community that wants ideological purity. And the problem with ideological purity is you, you can't achieve it. And so you keep churning and you keep churning. And the, the college system is broken. We've told every kid, you have to go to school to get your degree. You have to go to school to get your degree. When I was in school, uh, in high school, Everyone was being told, it doesn't matter what you major in. You don't have to have a useful degree. The difference between being a a checkout clerk at Walmart and being the manager making $100,000 is the college degree. They don't care what it's in. Just go and get the college degree. And that used to be the case. It is no longer the case. Not at all. Well, an undergrad doesn't do anything for you anymore. No. You've got to go get, you've got to keep going to be competitive in this, you know. And part of that is when you look at the standards from high school uh, 20, 30, 50 years ago. We're going to come right back on that. Stop it right where you are. We got to take the legal idea, you guys. Thank y'all for listening. We're going to take it up where we left off with Emil Wilson right here. So, uh, you know, we were talking about how universities. We're feeding into this ideological politics. And one of the things, obviously, is when you compare the history uh, of academic standards, universities are teaching high school level content. I was going to say, like, they, they've, it's all gotten so lax. Exactly. And if you, if you want a good education now, you have to go to college because across the board, nationwide, so many standards have been whittled away. But also, and this is what we were talking a little bit about during the break here, the the ideological politics is is crumbling on the left, while identity politics is the one thing they can keep coming back and winning on, because it's a politics of anger, not a politics of community and, and building. But explain to our listeners so, when you feel like that began. I, and Topher Brown, where are you at? Listen to this. It's getting good. I really believe that a lot of this started first off at the fall of the Berlin Wall because the left saw that their ideas internationally were collapsing. The Soviet Union was collapsing and the left, the their ideas were, were falling apart. Then in 1999, in the WTO riots, that was the first time in recent history that the left could look and say, hey, violence works in an American political situation. The WTO riots worked. And ever since this idea of control through chaos and constant upheaval, that's what the the radical progressive agenda is. It's not to move things forward. It's to keep the, the panic and the chaos at such a frenzy that people are... are angry and scared. It's 1984. 1984's what, uh, five minutes of rage, three minutes of rage, whatever it was in the book. That's what it is. 
period. We've said that over and over on this show, Emil, and I'm I'm so I don't I don't want to say thrilled to hear you say that because it's a, but it's the truth. That's the way D and I see it, and so many of our listeners feel that way as well. And and that's what they want to keep you bogged down in in all of that, so that you cannot look forward and make the change necessary to to move forward. Um, so, okay, we, we had some other comments on our feed that I would like for you to sure. hear. So we have one gentleman saying he worked in South Jackson for many years where you said you had some rental properties. Um, the decline is really bad. Um, and then we had another gentleman say that's going to be the hard part. You were talking about changing the title insurance and um, bringing people back to those areas. He said getting folks to come back and be at peace with making that decision. He says he moved from Jackson to Brookhaven because of crime and he feels feels like crime is um, on most people's priority list. Okay, so, so Absolutely. And look, when you talk about f- fixing, fixing the direction that Jackson has been going, it, there is no panacea. There is no one thing. It's lots of things. The the crime is certainly an issue. <clears throat> I just was at an uh, event. We were discussing economic development with the head of economic development for the city of Jackson. <clears throat> and he pointed out that the number one issue that Jackson feels like it has is a lack of middle class housing. Because it, if you think about it, <clears throat> that's schools, that's jobs, that's everything. Jackson is low income housing and wealthy housing well let's how does that impact schools well low-income people are stuck with the public schools they are stuck where the school is honestly one of the best employers in their community high-income people the schools don't matter because they're they're sending their kids to private school anyway and they would even if they had great schools right so when we talk about schools it's schooling I hate to say it because it sounds like it sounds uh, it sounds like you're cutting people off, but schooling is a middle class issue. Housing in Jackson is a middle class issue. Jackson lacks a middle class, and I mean that's crime. And and for those of us who grew up here, which is yes. us. Um, the middle class has left Jackson and so many other cities due to crime. Well, and obviously, and it's taxes, and yes. taxes, it's education, and other it's stuff. crime. It's all of these things. Crime is a major piece. I think the One Lake project is a major piece. If we could ever get One Lake development downtown, then the taxes are going to be incredible flowing into the, the city. Right. Uh, there are so many things that have to be fixed, but they're all a system. And if you can fix one little bit, then you fix the next little bit. And one thing that is not being talked about that is crime, judicial redistricting happens next year. Yes. and another, That's important. And, and the possibility is on the table that Northeast Jackson, Fondren area could have its own judicial district. What's the judicial district of the Capitol Police going to look like? What's the Hines County and the Circuit Court judicial district going to look like? That's what's going to be discussed. We talk about fixing the police. I got news for you. Right now, the police are not as big an issue in Jackson because 
guys like me have been fighting to expand Capitol Police since right. 2007. I was involved in some of the original discussions around the Capitol Security Zone because I was staffing for legislators at the time. We have been fighting for Capitol Police since 2007. We're finally there. We are finally there. And now we're seeing people bond out and go commit more crimes. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're seeing we're, we're finally seeing a new jail breaking ground. We need to make dang sure that new jail is up to code and functional because the Hines County Jail has not been since the day it opened its doors. Agreed. So, you know, you you can't fix crime if the cops are arresting people and they're just bonding out. Right. Well, you know, with the district attorneys or whoever it is, uh, you know, letting it go and in and, and all states and cities is a problem. And I feel like that, you know, obviously the leadership in the city of Jackson, I do mean the local leadership in the city is horrible. So, yes, Emil, and we, we talk about this. My father was a, a, one of the top criminal defense attorneys in the state. His office was, um, he began on Pearl Street and then um, moved around to um, Congress Street. And I just, we used to live on North State Street. Oh, wow. Um, you know, but we moved to the reservoir because why? It, it just got yucky. Um, he used to leave his law. We, well, here's where I was going with that. I remember when JPD were some of the finest officers, and I remember the respect that existed among everyone in a courthouse, in a courtroom, from the clerks to the, to, and then go on to the to the judges, the attorneys, everybody in downtown Jackson. It was a place to be. Well, it it really was, I, right? It it was, and it, you know, it's interesting you talk about the the shift that happened. Well, if I'm if I'm middle class and I have a choice for education versus uh, public versus private, all that Jackson Public Schools needs support. They need to get better because right now, I mean, my gosh, it's cost what twelve thousand or more per kid to send a kid to JA Prep St Andrews. Mm-hmm. I'm a JPS grad. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly proud of my my history at Murrah High School. At the time, we were state champions. We were beating prep and JA at tons of stuff. What year did you graduate? I was, I was valedictorian class of 03. Okay. All right. You're and, way younger than me, but I had a very good friend and college roommate that, that graduated from Murrah. But anyway, go I, ahead. I'm a firm believer in public schools as a value. What we're struggling with right now is if you're coming into Jackson that Jackson has an artificial $12,000 tax because people don't want to send their kids to JPS. And we can argue about the whether that's reality at different schools or whether that's, that's just a feeling and a sentiment. I don't care whether it's reality or not. It's how people are acting. Mm-hmm. I think Kingfish blog has chronicled this plenty of times jackson doesn't have a white flight problem it has a middle class flight problem yes and it has a wealth flight problem because if you don't have enough money if you have enough money to to live comfortably but you don't have enough money to spend what you have two kids twenty four twenty five thousand dollars on private schooling then you're moving to madison mm-hmm. and you know, whether perception or reality i don't I don't care. We have to fix it mm-hmm. in order to uh, and fix schooling in order to fix uh, uh, 
the housing problem. That's right. So let's get to a couple of these comments, please, if we sure. could, Emil. So one of our, our viewers is saying, slash listeners, middle class pays a big portion on the tax base for that community, referring to Jackson. Um, we have another comment that says the overabundance of subsidized housing seems to be a problem. We oh. have another comment saying Jackson is not safe, in all caps. Fix the crime, water, roads, and the leadership. You're not going to get the middle class back until those things happen. Sure. Um, Sure, you know. <laughs> but, but that's where that's where we talk about how do we fix Jackson. <clears throat> well, Jackson is is a system. We fix it one step at a time. How do you eat the, uh, eat the elephant one bite at a time? Right. We've expanded Capitol Police. Capitol Police should have even more foot of a footprint. The sheriff's office. I'll go out on a limb and probably piss off some uh, rural communities on this, but I think the sheriffs should have much more support than, I mean, right now the average uh, sheriff's deputy is working at the jail. Yeah, and those guys are elected. The sheriff is an elected official. And and our, <laughs> our deputies should have a, right. a bigger patrol zone. Uh, and that's not about taking things away from Jackson. I think that should be the case in all counties and i think law enforcement should be a a coalition of different groups with different emphases that then come in and help each other out on day-to-day operations so and we're getting there on the police side judicial redistricting is going to help us get there tremendously if you have the right person in charge yes um judicial redistricting is going to help us on the judicial side uh, there's there are some major systemic changes and just some minor tweaks that will move the ball forward a little bit on education. And again, that's not a fix. Fixing education won't suddenly bring back the middle class tax base, no. but it's a step. Yep. And everything we're talking about is a step. So, Emil, and you, you're proud of your public school education, as am I. I will tell you that I, I put two children through the public school system and one through private, okay, because the public school system had gotten so bad. So going back to the ideology that I feel is being crammed down our children's throats in public school, can, can you speak to that for a moment? How, how can we get on and, and in support of these public school systems when you have, A, the dumbed-down um, academics be when you have the you know parents thinking and pushing this and administrators saying it's okay you come to me and and you if you think you're a cat we'll put a litter box in the restroom for so, you or if you think you want to be a girl but you're, God made you a boy come on to me we don't have to involve your parents in that we can we can fix that here just you and me now please speak to all of that so, for me I mean some some of this is mental health and that's a whole different <laughs> we've other said discussion. that a million times too um, thank you it, and and yes the mental health system in Mississippi is broken. There are fixes we can make on that. Uh, and that's a whole different other discussion. But when you talk about how do we fix schools, we fix schools by getting involved. I'm, I'm a man of faith. I went to part of my graduate school was at Reformed Seminary. Never wanted to be a preacher, but wanted to teach. And that was a great pathway for it. Um, Kevin DeYoung is a, a pastor and radio show host in the Presbyterian Church, and he talks about changing the world starts by changing your family. If you're a parent, 
get involved in your child's education. Pick up the Patriot's Guide to American History. Pick up uh, content from Hillsdale. Be involved, not not in any sense that you have to homeschool or anything like that, but engage with your child. I I grew up in a house where every single day at dinner, we were talking about ideas. We were talking about uh, history and philosophy and and you know that's that's how you engage you as a parent are the most per- important person in your child's life engage with them engage and then engage with their school why was murrah such a success at the time when i was there it had nothing to do with any of us who were students and it only tangentially i think had to do with the principal and i think karen wilson no relation was one of the best principals in history yeah i went to murrah too <laughs> but but i mean it was the fact that every day there were parents there every single day there were parents and every single day there were youth pastors there mine was showing up and having lunch and engaging um uh one of the youth pastors from Galloway was there almost once a week, just having lunch with kids. And it it wasn't about proselytizing. It was a public school. He wasn't allowed to do that. But he was engaging. Listen, if you are worried about the direction of your school, start by engaging your kid and then engage your school. You're right. You're. I mean, you're yeah. perfectly... And, and, you know, I, I want to say for the record, that's where so much of my values are. I'm running for a, a state legislative seat, but the government isn't the solution. You know, we talk about how do we get the middle class back in Jackson. In 1996, my parents moved from Bellhaven to Fondren. And I'm going to oversimplify this because you have to in the two minutes we have. Um, but Fondren was a community on decline. Yes. And at that moment, people surrounding the the uh, neighborhood said, I don't want my neighborhood to decline. And groups of neighbors joined together and flipped houses, sometimes at just break even. They were pooling their money and, and working together because they said, I don't want my neighborhood to fail. And they would... Uh, buy a house that was on the decline, fix it up a little bit. They didn't care if you were black or white, but they wanted you to be a family. Mm -hmm. And they were recruiting families like mine, come buy this house, join our neighborhood. And the Fondren Renaissance that we remember from the late 90s and early 2000s, I mean, it had a lot of pieces. Like anything that's a success, there are so many building blocks. But one of those building blocks was that there were neighbors working together. That's not the government. And when you look at and ask what are the legislative solutions, legislative solutions are to get the, can I say get the hell out of the way? Yes. Get the hell out of the way and let individuals build communities together that will work. But so many of our Democratic leaders are on the division train, Emil. They want us to not be neighbor, neighborly neighbors. They want us to not be engaging with our children at the kitchen table. They've, they've thrown all of these things at us that keep us divided, distracted, and all of those things. So 
that that's that's just what we're up against. Yeah. So thankfully, you're having this conversation. We have this conversation every day. Our listeners are paying attention, and and I agree with everything you've well, said. And but it's and imperative. It, it's imperative. And I, as much as people are are feeling that division, most people don't want that. Yeah, you know, you're right. I, it's a small percentage. That's right. This, and, this makes a lot of noise. I mean, I I when I was teaching at, at JSU, I would say something very controversial, that paying attention to politics is a privilege that, and thinking it's impacting you is a, is a real privilege because the average person is just struggling to pay their bills, keep their family on track. It, we need to be engaging with those people. You know, when we start talking about school choice programs in, uh, oh my gosh, two decades ago, um, one of the biggest groups that was supporting it were single African-American female mothers, single African-American mothers, because they were wanting options. Regardless of your race, regardless of your wealth, regardless of whatever categories are dividing we love our kids we are just trying to put food on the table and engaging with government is a privilege it's a privilege that says i have enough resources that i can get involved and so if you have the ability to get involved uh, and as again as a man of faith you have a duty to get involved and speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves that's right i i love verse in Proverbs 31 that says, uh, it, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. That's good government. That's good government. And it's not about the government forcing us to take, uh, take from the rich and give to the poor. No, it's about engaging in your school to make your kids, your kids' school, to make your kids' school better because you can and there are others who can't. Man, fantastic, bro. I mean, what we talk about here on the show, FYI, is a lot of the things that you just brought up. I know who I will be voting for, okay? And this is an opinion show, so I can say it out loud. I will be voting for you. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, also, what? real quick, I want to ask you something, because you said something that also rang a bell in our in our heads and i think i already knew this from you before i met you about you rather but big government overreaching overspending all of that that is never the right pathway and that goes for a democrat or a republican don't you agree with that absolutely yeah that government is so. best which governs least you're perfect amen <laughs> and, perfect. and you know there we have seen oh time and time again Big government fails. Big government failed going back to the railroad industry. Um, uh, Bert Folsom, Bert Folsom, professor at Hillsdale, has an amazing book called, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Bert Folsom. Bert, Bert Folsom, and it's about the titans of industry. And I'm just, as soon as I started talking, I blanked on the title of it. But he talks about the problems we associate with the, the r- robber barons. They were not entrepreneurs. They were business government people. 
Right. They were not building businesses. They were going and getting the government to underwrite their businesses so they could undercut and cut out competitors. And that's when safety became an issue. That's when uh, pricing became an issue. Quality became an issue. When government said we're taking the option. Thank you. Thank you for pulling that up. The myth of the robber barons. They look at the rise of big business in America and Folsom's entire uh, uh, book is chronicling how all of these excesses that we think are, quote unquote, capitalism, they are not. They come from the government underwriting bad business decisions. Amen. We're going to have to wrap it up. Um, Emil, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure to meet you. Before we wrap it up, so in Jackson, Madison, tell them the direct website they can go to to look at A, what you're all about, and B, find their correct polling, obviously, or their, excuse me, their voting spot. Sure. So for me, I encourage people to look me up on Facebook. Yep. Um, that gets updated with content a lot more than my website. So uh, just look me up on Facebook, Emil Wilson. And uh, I believe the direct link to the page is facebook.com slash elect Emil Wilson. And it's A-M-I-L-E. And uh, if you are looking for where where you will vote, then look up your um, uh, look up your county precincts. Yep. Google your county. It's either Madison or Hines County. And look at the precincts. There are precinct maps available. Uh, and yeah, you're pulling that up on Facebook. Let's see. Yes, it's Facebook.com slash elect Emil Wilson. And remember, Emil is A-M-I-L-E. Yeah. S- pronounced like what you eat, spelled like what you walk. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we appreciate you coming in today on a quick notice like that. Y'all remember tomorrow, November 7th, Tuesday, 24 hours from now, it is election day in Mississippi for a lot of different politicians. Hopefully you will be, I'm I'm serious, text your friends, y'all make a ride share, just do it, make a carpool, make time, take a long lunch. This is your duty, you guys, and it's also the future of our state okay how do you want your state really i know how i want mine so i encourage all of you to get out and vote please all right thank you so much emil thank Thank you you emil we appreciate you uh you guys watching listening all the things you do we'll be back bright and early in the morning at 6 30 a.m to do it again that's right thank you to 104.3 fm wpbp the pirate pearl municipal broadcasting and then of course this will be up on the podcast which is worldwide worldwide top one percent top one percent in the world so at unleashedentertainmenttalk.com you can find that one two three see ya thank you for listening and remember we must stand up and unleash be a part of unleashed until next time let freedom ring loud unleashed uninhibited unapologetic